a sense of trimo. Hello and welcome to episode three of A Sense of Tumour with me, Angela Young. This podcast series follows my journey through a six-week course of radiotherapy to treat the residue of a brain tumour I had removed five years ago. With the support of the Brain Tumour Charity, I hope this podcast series will inform and entertain. I am XBBC after all. In episode two, I took you through the making of the mask which keeps your head in place during the radiotherapy. In this episode, Zap It in the Microwave, I'm going for the first week of radiotherapy itself. Well, it's day one. I'm just back from walking the dog and the sun is absolutely glorious on the autumn colours of the trees. And I'll take that as a good sign. And I've had some really lovely messages. I've had two cards, I've had text messages, WhatsApp messages and Facebook messages. And you know what? They've just been two parcels delivered. And I don't know what's in them. One's from Bloom and Wild. And it's a beautiful bunch of flowers from Jane and Barry. How lovely. And there's also a lovely pink box. This is exciting. It's like a birthday. I suppose if I was into symbolism, I could say it's like another birthday, isn't it? The birth of a new era. Now the tumour. Chocolate! It is the biggest bar of chocolate I have ever seen. Well, that is certainly a foot long and it says thinking of you. Right, time to go. Right, got my blanket, got my water, yep, got my book. Here we are at the main outpatient's entrance. This is going to be a walk I'm making every day for the next 30 days. Passing the outpatient's garden. Isn't that lovely? With a nice bench. Now I have to put my mask on as we go in. Morning. Past someone walking down the corridor in handcuffs with a policeman. I nearly embarrassed myself by asking if it was comic relief and realised it's a prisoner. <sighs> okay, radiotherapy. It's really difficult wearing a mask because it steams my glasses up and I can't read the signs. Okay, radiotherapy reception. Hello, Angela Young. Uh, yes, it's on the eight. If you can go right to the last waiting area. Thank you. Okay. 
Angela, you know. Yes, that's me. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. Way in, um, yep. and we'll have a bit of a chat about what's going to happen today Lovely. and over the next couple of weeks. Thank you. So, my name's Abby, I'm just one of the therapy radiographers, and we've just got Zoom in here, my Hello. colleague. Hello. Um, this is our machine here, so it looks a little bit different from the CT scan that you had a couple of weeks ago. So, it's a lot more open, it's not a tunnel that you go through. So, it'll be very similar to that CT scan that they had when they made your mask over there. So, we're going to get you onto our bed. Um, get you in the right position and then we'll lay the mask over you um, we'll get you to give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down depending on how it feels so we want it to be tight but we don't want it to be um, uncomfortable you need to be able to manage it for about 10 to 15 minutes today so if you I feel like you can't manage it it's a bit too tight anywhere give us a thumbs down we've got some bits behind your head that we can take out for you so sometimes between the scan and the treatment it can shrink ever so slightly just where it's dried and where they pop as well. So once we've got that on and you're all comfortable, we're going to start lining the marks that they popped on the shell with our lasers that you can see on the wall there, the green lines that are running around. And we'll, we'll get you all in the right position. And then you're going to hear us calling out some numbers over the top of you, getting you all in exactly the right position for the treatment to begin. Mm -hmm. And then we'll let you know that we're ready to leave the room. And so when we're outside, what's going to happen is the machine's going to move around you once. And that's just us taking a quick CT scan. And we're going to overlay that scan with the one that you had to plan your treatment. So we're going to make sure everything's in the right position. We're getting exactly where the doctor's planned. And the bed might move a little bit just as we make some tiny adjustments. And then the treatment will begin. When the treatment begins, the machine's going to move around you again. Um, but there's nothing to see or feel. There'll just be a bit of a whirring noise and some beeping to let you know that it's happening. Okay. Does that all make sense? What that you're makes expecting? sense. Yes, it Perfect. does. Thank you. Um, so the only other thing to kind of go over is the side effects. So mostly um, it's going to be tiredness. You're going to feel quite fatigued. More towards the end of the uh, treatment, starting from the middle, and that can be to do with the travelling as well. So just keep up gentle exercise, doing what you're doing, drink plenty of fluids, mm -hmm. and maintain your day-to-day -day life as much as you can. And with that, I lay on the couch and my mask was put over my face. Now, I'm not going to lie, it was tight and it made your face feel quite squashed, but it wasn't really uncomfortable. And then Abby left the room. The machine whirs slightly as it rotates around you and bleeps a bit too, but I had a cunning plan for dealing with that. See, I've got 30 friends and family to send a song which reminds them of me or reminds me of them. My daughter has made a playlist and is sending me one song a day. Abby connected my phone to the speakers so I could concentrate on the lyrics and not think about the beam. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Sun in the sky, you know how I feel. Breeze drifting on by, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. It's a new life for me, yeah. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. It's a new life for me. Ooh, 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 ooh. And I'm feeling good. Fish in the sea, you know how I feel.
It was really lovely to think that someone chose that song for me, and it was the only time I felt a bit emotional. And there'll be another song each day. Nothing was too much trouble for Abby. She's one of eight people I will meet over the next month, so I thought you and I might like to get to know her better. So I asked her what made her go into therapeutic radiotherapy. Yes, so I had a friend who was treated in Addenbrookes herself, and um, that's whilst I was at sixth form studying. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do at university. She said to have a look at it, and I loved it. Found it incredibly interesting, and now it's what I do every day. What do you What do you like about the job? I love getting to know different people. We see them for a couple of weeks at a time. Really find out about their lives, hear their stories,、um, trying to make a difference, trying to make a very difficult time a little bit easier. And the technology that we work with is incredible. We'll be meeting more of the wonderful staff at Addenbrooke's Hospital in Cambridge, and hearing from the manufacturers of the radiotherapy machine Elector in future episodes. The first day's song, "Feeling Good," had a really positive message about a new dawn. I always strive to be positive, although I did have a couple of wobbles about the whole frying the brain thing. So to keep upbeat, I spoke to Kate Brereton, clinical psychologist at Compassionate Cambridge, and asked her if positive thinking can have a physiological as well as a psychological effect. Yes, I think the answer to that is yes, absolutely.、Um, and our mind states are directly correlated with our physiology. Um, and actually, when I talk to people, when clients come and see me in my clinic for problems like anxiety, stress, burnout, depression, I always then talk about the bodily effects of, of those things going on. So, you know, the physical signature of anxiety、uh, is very clear to anyone who's ever been anxious or nervous before. So, you might have、uh, sweaty palms. You might find that your heart is racing.、Um, your thoughts tend to go a lot more quickly when you're anxious too. You might feel trembly. You might get butterflies in your tummy. I'm sure most people recognise that, and that's the, the physiology of that anxious state of, of what we call the, the threat state of, of the mind. We have two positive sort of emotional systems in the mind.、Um, And they're both very nice places to be, but they're both quite different, and the physiology is different too. So, if I just explain a little bit about each system,、um, the first system is what we call the drive system, and that's our motivational system. This is the system in when we're kind of working hard and we're focused and we've got goals ahead of us that we want to achieve. So obviously we're very familiar with that in our workplaces and, and from our studies. Also relevant to other things that you might want to achieve, like projects that you're doing around the house or things that you're doing with your family.、Um, and there are various hormones that underlie、uh, that process. The one that people will have heard of is dopamine. And、the kind of positive feeling that you get from your dopamine system is like a nice, buzzy, excited kind of sense of achievement. You know, it's quite activating. It's quite arousing.、Um, some people sort of associate that with vitality. So that's one of the kind of positive emotion systems.、Uh, the second one is is quite different to that in how it feels. Uh, and in, as psychologists, we call that your your soothing system. Um, and that's actually all about relationships with both other people and yourself, and it's more about feeling calm and content, feeling that you're of value to the groups around you and the community around you, 
Um, and it's, it's like a warm feeling. So the, the hormone that mediates that is oxytocin. And, and we normally, I normally have a giggle with my clients because we call it the cuddle hormone. Because it's the hormone that, that is released when you give someone that you care for a really big hug and you get that kind of flood of warmth through your body. That's actually oxytocin uh, in action. Also, also released when you're stroking pets and when you're holding babies and all of those kind of nice warm experiences. And can that then uh, allay some very obvious physical symptoms? I'm not saying it can cure a brain tumour, but, but presumably things like um, uh, palpitations or racing heart or, the, or, or breathing, is, is that the effect of those hormones? Um, you can uh, change the way that you breathe. And you can actually start to turn that system on, the soothing system, release some oxytocin and, and relax your system. Would you like me to go through it with you, Angela? Would you like me to do some soothing rhythm breathing? Let's have a go. Okay, okay. So um, sitting comfortably, uh, probably in a chair is best, kind of upright but not too tense. Uh, if I could ask you to just make sure that your shoulders are quite nice and sort of soft and your chest is nice and open. Mm -hmm. uh, and that just helps us to relax. We're using the body there to, and our body posture to tell our minds that it's safe and that we're safe in this moment. Mm -hmm. um, and then the rhythm that we use is an out-breath that's two beats longer than our in-breath. And that's the key part. So we have a nice, slow, long out-breath. Um, and it's on that part of the breath, the out-breath, where we actually find the slowing effect in terms of our physiology. So let's just do some counting. The rhythm I normally start with with people is four, six. So if you breathe in through your nose for four, and then out through the mouth for six. Nice and slow and long, brilliant. And then take another one, so in for four. And out for six. Okay, I'm giggling now because it sounded like a cricket metaphor. I need to do this again. Okay. <laughs> and when you keep breathing in that sort of rhythm for perhaps only a minute or two, and then check back in with your body state, um, most people I work with find that they have relaxed. Actually, joking aside, it was very relaxing and really helped. I've also found comfort in hearing other people's stories, and I'm very grateful to everyone who's got in touch after the first two episodes and want to introduce some of them to you. First, Emma Mosley, who had a meningioma diagnosed in November last year. Emma describes herself as a mummy, fiancé, blogger, social media manager and brain tumour warrior. Her blog is called The Happy Family Hub. Emma's most recent post is titled Seven Things I Wish People Knew About Brain Tumours. Among them are benign is not fine, brain surgery is petrifying and I may look okay but on the inside I'm not. But the one I wanted to talk to Emma about was number seven, description tags such as brave, warrior, inspirational are hard to take. I asked her why. Sometimes they don't sit quite right with me. Um, 
I mean, especially the term warrior. Personally, for me, I feel that warrior means I chose to go into battle and I didn't choose the brain tumor. The, you know, brain tumor chose me, chose me as it were. And if you fight in a battle, it seems that you've got everything you need to, you know, win the battle. And it's like, well, I don't really. So I don't have the tools to go into battle, but, you know, perhaps we're lucky to have a good healthcare system and, you know, the surgeons have the tools, you know, they're doing the battling, they're doing the fighting. Personally, I don't feel I am. And, you know, when when somebody unfortunately loses their life due to, you know, a tumour, people often say, oh, they lost their battle. Like, and, you know, it's not their fault. They didn't lose it. You know, it's it's circumstance, you know, it seems like a really funny tag to use, in my opinion. Yeah. And also you you say, uh, another point you say is that um, brain surgery is terrifying. I know you haven't got to that stage yet. I, I have, and I consider myself lucky that where my tumour was, was operable. But brain surgery is unlike any other branch of surgery, because it's the seat of your personality. And not only that, but any millimetres movement either way can affect speech, sight, hearing, balance, movement. No wonder it's terrifying. That is that is re- that's really scary. I mean, I've, I've been watching the program that's been on TV recently, and I'm I'm so naive that I didn't even realise that there was a lot they didn't understand about the brain. So you know, essentially, they're not going into it knowing a hundred percent what's going to happen. And even though I haven't had surgery yet, they you know they've already already told me oh where it is you're at risk of blindness stroke paralysis death even and it's like okay so you might end up having an operation that in some way will save you but also might cause other problems and you know it's 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 quite a thing to get your head around I know that's always the pun but it is quite a big thing to get your head around yes um and in fact talking of in in fact talking about puns I was wondering if humour has helped you at all. Yeah, it has. It has helped me a little bit. I mean, I always try to see the positive side, even though, you know, obviously diagnoses are devastating and have a big impact on your life and will have for the rest of your life as well. It's not something that's ever going to go away. But, well, you know, one, one joke that I did hear was, have you heard about the joke about my brain tumour? I wasn't sure at first, but now it's growing on me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, if you could do better than Emma on the tumour humour front, you know what to do. Another person who got in touch was Terry Irwin, who heard me talking about the podcast on the radio and did a bit of sleuthing on the internet to find my website. Terry wrote to say he'd had fractionated radiotherapy at Addenbrooke's in 2015. He'd had a polyp removed from his vocal cord, followed by laser treatment, but a bit was still left, so he was then booked in for 20 sessions on the linear accelerator. Terry is a retired lecturer in physics and engineering sciences, so he decided he would learn exactly how the machine worked and went home to look up everything he could find. Once I walked in and saw this enormous machine, it won't fit into the average living room, and... uh, I thought, well, this looks a bit scary. What's what's this? So she told me what to do, and I had to climb up onto the table, and they got a selection of uh, blocks down, which I immediately christened the Anne Boleyn block. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you rest your neck on it. <laughs> and um, 
There's a big big bevy of masks hanging up on a hook, which rather macabre, I must admit, in one corner. They select your mask, bang it down, clip it right down very tight, make sure you're okay, and uh, tell you what's roughly what's going to happen. Please wave if you're panicky. And off they went, and uh, you could hear them walk away up the corridor, uh, which was a very strange sound because it's zigzagging shape to prevent scatter radiation. And I could hear the footsteps disappear, then sort of come back, then disappear. And then I heard the magnetic gate shut, and it all went quiet apart from the radio. And that was it. And then I saw this machine, heard this machine. I thought, I don't know what's going on. I really don't know what's going on. But it was all over in about 10 minutes, I would think. And uh, I heard the footsteps back down again. And she said, that's it. And that's when I said, right, um, can you tell me what this machine is? And, of course, the name's emblazoned on the front. And uh, check the number. And, of course, I got straight back home onto the net where I devoured umpteen um, videos and things saying how it worked and this, that, and the other. It's basically a very, very large, immensely powerful microwave cooker. Um, very sophisticated, brilliantly controlled. It can pin down to within a millimeter, and it can draw this impressive pattern all over your body, any shape you like, um, caused by all these sliding plates underneath it. And it's really fascinating to work. And, and of course, it's much, much bigger than it looks because there's as much again behind the scenes that you can't see. So I spent my next 19 sessions listening to the clicks, working out what was going on. You can just about open your eyes, watching the beams across your head, and uh, having to suffer the radio, with, which is unfortunately tuned to some commercial channel, so I had to listen to those banal adverts, which ruined the music. But that's life. Terry and I feel rather differently about music, but I might have a surprise for Terry next episode, so please subscribe and stay tuned. I also have him to thank for today's episode title, Zap It in the Microwave. By the time you hear this, I should have completed the first week of treatment. There were four more days and four more tracks, all of which were brilliantly chosen, but one of which really did fill me up. Thank you to my dear husband, Chris, for that track. I'm very lucky to have someone who thinks of me with those lyrics. And that brings me to the end of episode three. Next time, I meet Nikki Chapman, television presenter and talent show judge and fellow meningioma survivor. Please join me then. My thanks to Ben Carver for sound design and to the band Feeder for the use of their track Radiation, which was written by Grant Nicholas and produced by Chris Sheldon and Feeder. If you or anyone you know is going through anything like this and needs help or support, the Brain Tumor Charity is a great place to start. Their website is www.thebraintumorcharity.org. Till next time, bye for now. <laughs>